The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. (laughs) (laughs) JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked out real good. (laughs) He asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Yes, I cannot hear that new opening enough. I love it. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. My name is Adam Sank. Today is Saturday, August 18th. Don't call us. We are pre-recorded, but keep listening. Of course, all episodes of The Ass are now available on iTunes and other audio services. Please, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We have hundreds and hundreds of listeners but only 77 ratings. That's not right. We should have more. Please take a moment and leave us your review, especially on iTunes. Like the Facebook page. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Email ryan at ryan at adamsank.com. And uh, as always, we appreciate any uh, dick pics, hole pics, anything else that you'd like to send us. Uh, Joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan Frostig. Hey, Queen. Ryan gets applause. JB behind the board, uh, keeping us uh, lively with his sound effects and his hilarious commentary. Welcome, JB. Hi. Our guest today is a returning guest to the Adam Sank Show, Frank Liotti, one of my favorite people, openly gay comedian who has just released a brand new comedy album entitled Confederate Fag. (laughs) Get it? Confederate Fag. It's funny. He's not from the South. It sounds like something a, a southern, southern gay would uh, would release, but no. Um, but we're gonna have uh, we're gonna be talking to him at the bottom of the hour. But first, we have so many new things to talk about. Mm. And the first thing I want to talk about, I don't think either of you knows anything about this, so it should be fun for me to see your reaction. Um, there are these things happening online right now called ASMR videos. Huh. They stand for. Course I can't find it now. I'll find what it stands for in just a moment. But basically, they're videos where people whisper into the camera and also make sounds like um, frequency sounds like this. Or they rub their skin like Ryan's doing right now. They rub their hands together. And the, these, uh, okay, here it is. Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, ASMR. They're supposed to cause people who are listening and watching to get tingles 
And a lot of people watch them before they go to sleep. They, they use them as sleep videos because they put them to sleep. Um, I first heard about them on the Howard Stern show when he was playing them. They tend to be mostly women. And I think guys are like jerking off to them because they tend Probably. to be like young, attractive women who are like, hi. So here's a typical um, ASMR video that I found online. This is the user's name is Pelagia. Listen to her. How are you? Are you awake? Can you see me? Is everything okay? Um, yes, you're right. You were in a little accident yesterday. But now you're here in my workshop. And... I am so disturbed. It's disturbing, right? All those like little clicks of like the voice. It, and a lot of them, they they have a lot of lip popping, like. Yeah, it's like. And like a lot of saliva noise, like. No, I'm not here for it. I'm not here the for The internet needs to be shut down. These videos have notched tens of millions of YouTube views. There's a Reddit group devoted uh, solely to ASMR that has more than 150,000 followers. Um, the videos often feature women whispering, tapping fingernails, rustling objects, or role-playing things like getting a haircut or visiting a naturopath. And again, these are supposed to elicit a tingly response that travels from the scalp down the spine, also known as a brain orgasm. Ew. No. I reject this idea. What if it was like the sounds of like dick getting sucked or like ass getting eaten? I mean, I do like that sound. So anyway, I decided I, w I want more followers <laughs> and maybe this can be my one, you know, big break is yeah, if I make an ASMR video. So I made my own and here's a, a clip from that. It all seems like a huge crock of shit to me and like really creepy. I just, I feel creepy even whispering into the, the phone right now. But I'm so desperate for attention on social media that I'll try anything. So uh, I posted I it know. last night. I've only gotten like a couple dozen views. I did immediately get a comment immediately <laughs> from someone whose username is Whispering Wes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I predict you are going to be a big star. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, one comment, but it's pretty uh, whis Whispering Wes. <laughs> I'm sure Whispering Wes has a lot of expertise. So his, well, he's his got opinion. He's got nothing but ASMR videos, but his are like, you know, like clicking his fingers and rubbing his hands. And it's it, I have to tell you, it was not easy to make it a two minute long. Like try whispering right now. I reject this <laughs> JB hates it. Yes. <laughs> you hate it. Well, anyway, uh, if you want to watch my ASMR video, it's on YouTube under my username, which none of you know about or follow. I think it's just Adam Sank. Um, but this is happening in our culture right now. I, I also think because there's so much noise and rage and anger in our society right now, I think there is something kind of nice about people just listening to someone speaking softly. And maybe that's the appeal. But what happened to like... 
hearing the rainfall and like those you know those sounds that used to be yes. sad? Uh, those the uh, I forgot what they're called. Nature sounds. Nature sounds. Yes. Well, how can I forget nature? Like sounds? when we were listening to that woman before, I, like I felt like weird. Like I Gross. didn't feel good. I but got like chills. We're not the way. target audience for her. It's like horny, lonely, Clearly. straight guys, and she's like, "You are in an accident, and I'm I, going to fix you." Yeah, she's really pretty, and she's really face loving the shit out of this camera. So she knows what she's doing. She knows who she's targeting. Exactly. Like my pussy. <laughs> See, that would make more sense to me is if they were just talking dirty. Right. But it's more like, it's more like I'm going to take care of you. I need to get some groceries from the grocery store, and then maybe I'll walk my dog. Is that hot? I'm going to tie you up in my basement <laughs> and never let you leave. All right, so moving on. Oh, boy. Uh, a study has found, and this is, should be of no surprise to anyone, Children of same-sex parents are just as happy and healthy as children of straight parents. Really? Wow. The study's lead author, Nanette Gardrell, began recruiting prospective parents all the way back in 1987 to deal with a lack of research on the topic. So this is a very longitudinal uh, study. Um, they looked at children uh, belonging to LGBTQ families be, uh, as opposed to those being raised by straight families. Um, you remember during the whole same-sex marriage debate in this country, uh, one of the things that everyone kept saying is that kids do better off with a straight family. The late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, who was a complete piece of shit, and I'm happy that he's dead, said in 2013, quote, if you redefine marriage to include same-sex couples, you must permit adoption by same-sex couples, and there's considerable disagreement among sociologists as to what the consequences of raising a child in, in a, a single-sex family. But that's bullshit. It's bullshit. If, if, you are, if you are loving your children and you are teaching them to be good people, it doesn't matter... If it's a man, woman, man, man, woman, woman, it's it's irrelevant. One soci sociologist at the University of Oregon said uh, the overwhelming scientific consensus is that children of LGBTQ families experience no differences relative to children raised in heterosexual families on outcomes related to mental and emotional well-being and education, among others. So we can stop this bullshit lie yeah. that somehow the kids are going to be fucked up. And really, if you think about it. You know, uh, years and years ago in the 90s, I was interviewing a, um, a lesbian performer named Lynn Lavner. I, I hope that she's still around because she was really cool. She was like this leather-wearing singer-comedian who would get on stage and sing funny songs. And she and her partner had raised two daughters together for the daughter's entire lives. And I said, you know, that's not, that must have been hard for them at times. And she said, what child has an easy time growing up? Yeah. She's like, little girls struggle with sexism and little boys struggle with the macho shit and black kids struggle with racism and poor kids struggle with class. She's like, what kid has an easy time growing up? Right. So if you the, the if you have loving parents, yeah, you might have some shithead at school saying, ah, oh, your moms are lesbians, your moms are dykes. But if they're not going to say that, they're going to find some other reason to pick on you. Yeah. And that stuck with me forever. I'll never forget it because it was such a good answer. I was like, my parents were heterosexual. And like, believe me, yeah. people found a lot of reasons to give me shit growing up. Yeah. Just because you have straight parents doesn't mean that everything's rosy. I feel like if you have gay parents, you're more well-rounded. Like, there's just more like, I don't know. I feel like 
all the kids that I knew that had gay parents were just like more interesting. They're cooler. awesome. Yeah. Well, moving on, this is a story for the ladies. Ladies. But surprisingly, it comes from Cocktails and Cock Talk. And now, time for another stupid story from Cocktails and Cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. The voice of Frank Liotti at the end of that bumper, mm. who we'll be having live in studio momentarily. Okay, okay ladies. A recent study by the University of Kentucky, which polled over 14,000 people. Uh, oh, wait, that's not the point of the story. Sorry. <laughs> Let's start over. Off to a great start. Research indicates that women's orgasms during penile vaginal intercourse is influenced by penis size, specifically a longer penis. A longer penis is associated with greater vaginal orgasm consistency. Yes, queen! However, only 20% of women can achieve orgasm through penetration alone. So the other 80%, it doesn't really matter right. how big that dick is because they're, they're having clitoral orgasms, which who cares, right? Yeah. I'm, I think I'm right about this. doesn't matter how big the dick is if know. it's the clit stimulation that's making Correct. No, make, you're right. It doesn't matter how big it is as long as the clit is stimulated. It's stimu stimulated. It, it's fine. Women uh, who prefer deeper penile vaginal stimulation are more likely to have vaginal orgasm uh, with a longer penis. Doggy is one of the best sex positions for men with smaller penises. This I know to be true. True. As it allows for deeper penetration. I love doggy. I hate if I'm going to be a top. I hate when I'm on my back and the guy's straddling me. And I don't really like facing him either because I don't have enough penis to really thrust into him. But I if know. I'm doggy, I feel like I'm the man. I like when I'm topping doggy and when I'm bottoming riding, like being on top. I like both doggy. Mm -hmm. I feel like my ass is in the perfect position to True. be a bottom when I'm doggy and my dick is in a perfect position to be a top when I'm doggy. Doggy's the best. But I also like, like when someone's fucking me doggy and then they start like kissing my neck. Yeah. So it's not that I don't want to be intimate. I just like it from behind. Um, now, this is what I was starting to say at first. A recent study by the University of Kentucky, which polled more than 14,000 people, found that 45% of men want a longer penis. Only 45%? Hmm. I feel like if you asked most men, they would say, yeah, I'd love a longer penis. Yeah. But more importantly, I'd like a thicker penis. Yes. I feel like for gay men, it's not as much about length for us as it's it is about girth. girth. Can I get an amen in here? Amen. I don't know. Ding, ding. I, I'm very on the fence about this. You like it long? I mean, I like I like a right-sized right penis. It has to be long and thick. It can't, it can't just be long because it feels like a pencil. It feels like someone stabbed me. In my I butt. agree. I don't like that. But it can't be short and thick because then it just feels... Like a pop rock. Like you're just being plugged. Oh my God, yes. I don't like that feeling because it makes me feel like I have to poop. And then if I have to poop during sex, we're not having sex anymore. Oh. Yeah. I kind of like short and thick. Not short, but like if it's six inches or longer and thick, it's great for me. Mm -hmm. If it's like nine inches and skinny, I don't want it. Oh, it's like a, it's like a stick. Like JB said, a pencil. Yeah, no pencil dicks. Cocktails and Cock Talk says before you take any drastic measures to boost the length of your schlong, the... NHS website, this is a government website, recommends three simple hacks to help your penis look bigger. Oh. And by the way, I have tried all three of these. Number one, and this is very uh, um, timely for Ryan Frostig, trim your pubic hair. 
Brian was showing me his bush earlier today, and it is shocking. Listen, he has a full 70s pubic bush. You are into naked mole rats, but there are many guys that love a bush, love Uh, natural. Not like this. I I think full bush and trim bush are two different. Like, I I, I respect the bush because, girl, I have a bush, but I keep my bush trimmed. Thank you. It's luscious. The NHS says a big mound (laughs) of pubic hair can make your penis look smaller than it is. Number two, and I try this all the time, lose weight. (laughs) A beer belly hanging over your penis can make your penis look smaller. And number three, which really should go with number two, is get fit. While this won't help elongate your manhood, getting into shape will not only make you feel more attractive, it could also improve your sex life. I will tell you that I once saw a doctor on Oprah who said that for every 30 pounds a man loses, he gains an inch of penis. And I believe that because I have uh, performed at these naked events and some of these men who are huge, Mm -hmm. you can't even see their penis. Like I'm saying huge size, like very, very large men, bears. Their dick like goes back into them, right? Whereas skinny guys, you can always see that dick. It's right there. Um, the study says that the average length of the erect penis in the UK—I don't know why it's the UK—is about five point two inches in length, uh, erect, and four point six in circumference. I think I am a little bigger than average in length and a little smaller than average in girth. Um, at normal temperatures, a non-erect penis usually measures 3.6 inches. Mine is definitely not that long when it's soft. From tip to base and 3.7 inches in circumference. Yeah. I stand with you. So that's that. Another study that caught my eye and made me want to jerk off is that uh, of all the branches of the U.S. military, it is the Marines who are having the most sex. Interesting. This is a new report from the RAND Corporation. Uh, The data was gathered for the 2015 Health-Related Behavior Survey. It looked at 17,000 respondents from all branches of the military. Uh, Marines not only have the most sex, they're the most likely to engage in riskier sexual behavior by having more than one partner. Is that really that risky? Um, Girl, please. I'll tell you something. My ex, Rob, who was in the Navy, used to always talk about Marines. And he said, all the Marines that you meet, they act like they're so butch and they're such dom tops. And then you take them home and they immediately throw their legs in the air and beg you to fuck them. Uh, uh, he calls them flip tops. <laughs> and, then, and then someone else in the military told me the same thing. They're like, oh, yeah, the Marines are all bottoms. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. No. I'm not bottom shaming. But they, they, are, they do tend to be, like, the most, like, the manliest men. Sure. Ass open to the wind. Stick it in. Here I am. That's an actual Marine <laughs> calling out from his barracks. <laughs> from his bareback barracks. So congratulations to the Marines. Yes. And uh, come on getting, by the studio and <laughs> do a demo for do us. A demo. Remember the ass science table? That got a lot of uh, attention. Yeah. We need to. We still need to build the ass science table, and maybe we'll bend. We'll bend a marine over it. Uh, in a study that made me very sad, gay guys over the age of forty-five are more likely to be single. How's that going for you? Ain't this the truth? Fifty percent of gay men over the age of forty-five reported being single. Thirty-nine percent of lesbians over forty-five reported being single. of bisexual men and women over 45 reported being single. Um, 
the gay men are far more likely to live alone uh, when they're over 45 than their straight counterparts, basically, is what this is saying. And that will influence the type of services that they receive as they age. This is my biggest fear, that I'm going to be like some 80-year-old single gay and like, who do I call on when I need help getting down I'll the take stairs? Care of you. you better fucking take care of me. I will. That's what friends are for. That is what your family is for. Exactly. When there's no man there, they could take care of you. So half of you better be there for her. I will cut you. I'm telling you, a 2013 study found that 63% of gay men over the age of 60 were living alone with no partner. Now, I have to say, some of this is affected by the AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. Because the guys who are in their 60s today many of them lost partners right. or they just don't have other gay guys in their cohort in their, yeah. because they, they were all wiped out by the epidemic. So I have to think that um, as my generation and certainly your, your guys' generation ages, there's going to be more there of you more to date, but who knows? I mean, I, I'm, I don't know what it's going to take for me. One day. I got to find someone. It'll happen. I'm telling you, though, once you hit 40, if you don't have a boyfriend... It's never gonna happen. Yeah, and I'm surprised to hear about the lesbians because I always think of lesbians as as coupling up oh, and staying together yeah. and being really good at relationships. But I'm lonely. You got lady. Once again, Adam at adamsank.com. <laughs> yes, I do have my dog. I always have lady, at least as long as she lives. Okay, um, this is a, a story that made big news in New York, but outside of New York, you may have not heard about it, and it it just was hard to imagine. So picture this, you're working at a, a New York City restaurant on the Upper West Side, you're a restaurant worker, and you know those giant freezers that they have in restaurants where they store all the food? Yeah. You open the freezer, and a man jumps out of the freezer at you holding a knife. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> That's not what he said. He said, away from me, Satan. He rushed out of the walk-in freezer at Sarah Beth's restaurant, uh, this happened uh, last Sunday, actually two Sundays ago. Um, kitchen employees stripped away the knife and brought him to the floor, at which case, at which point, rather, he went into cardiac arrest and died. What the fuck? Surprise, motherfucker. His name was Carlton Henderson, and he was actually facing murder charges in the 1988 shooting deaths of a 26-year-old and a 22-year-old. He is from Cave Creek, Arizona, which may or may not be near Cornhole. Yeah. Charles? He got out of jail last Wednesday when a judge threw out key evidence in the pending double murder case and ordered him to be released on his own recognizance. So this judge releases him. He travels to New York City, hides in a freezer, pops out with a knife, and says, away from me, Satan, goes into cardiac arrest and dies. Is that not the most fucked up yeah, story you've ever heard? It doesn't, I mean, doesn't I think it's pretty funny, uh, honestly, because <laughs> he, he, think about, think about it, girl, he drove all the way from where the fuck he came from to go hide in a fucking freezer. Lord knows how long. Wait in there, holding a knife. Girl, for hours. How did hours. he get, like. Exactly. This is the funny part, because no one knows how he got in there. Like, bitch, you got into this. Do you work here? No, you don't. He just walked in the front just door. Walked in there. And the fact that he walked in there tells a lot about their security. Well, I mean, I think it wouldn't be hard for me to get into a New York City restaurant kitchen because it's, there's so much activity. People are coming in and out. There's food racing past. It, you know, Sometimes I've gotten up to go to the bathroom in a restaurant and, and accidentally walked in into the, the kitchen. kitchen. And I'm like, this isn't right. 
Now, how I would get myself into the freezer without anyone noticing. Right. And then, like, I mean, how long was he in the freezer? Who like, knows? Maybe that's why he had the heart attack. Probably. Because, you know, you're in a freezer and then all of a sudden you spring into act- action. Yeah. You're... And it's probably hot in the kitchen. So your body oh, is... You go from yeah. cold to hot. Yeah. That makes real sense. Well, I'm just glad none of the kitchen uh, employees were hurt, none of the restaurant employees. And it is justice. I mean, I mean he was, like he was a double fun. murderer, yeah. allegedly. They tackled him to the ground. That sounds like the, the best part of their day. <laughs> yeah. In other fucked up news, uh, this one really scared me. A Wisconsin man was forced. Okay, I'm going to start this way. A Wisconsin man was licked by a dog, got a bacterial infection. And wound up having to have multiple limbs amputated. This is too close to home. Greg Montefil, 48, went to the hospital on June 27th after he began exhibiting flu-like symptoms. And within hours of being admitted, he went into septic shock. This is, this, like, this is like an ASMR video. Yeah, I was just going to say. Through a blood test, doctors diagnosed him with an infection caused by, get ready for this, Capnocyctophaga carnivorous, a bacteria that's often found in dog and cat saliva. Generally, uh, the bacteria is transmitted through a pet saliva into a bite wound, although infections can also be caused just by a pet merely licking an open wound or burn. And this is really scary for Ryan because my dog lady loves is a is addicted to licking ryan's hands yes to and the point, also to the point where scott hernandez and i are very disgusted also i should say that i have washed my hands Allegedly. prior to having them licked and she still licks them so it's beyond there being filth on them so fuck you guys the dog never stops licking ryan now lady's not much of a licker like she'll give me a lick she, now and then but she jumps on the sofa with ryan and and play that noise again it's just endless licking which to be of honest, Ryan's hands. I'm not going to lie. Feels amazing. But we all wonder what's on Ryan's hands. It's not just dogs that like the taste of my hands. Also, your cat, Capulet. <laughs> not just cats. Oh, apparently oh. Ryan had a trick who put Ryan's entire hand in his mouth. Yeah. Um, I was just going to make reference to the cat story. I used to have a cat that loved cleaning my ears. Ew. I thought it was a great feeling. With she, its tongue? Yeah. yeah That's she, gross. I used to think it was gross, but it felt great. I don't know why. It just, it just like a died. Q-tip feels good. Yeah, I'm and getting used was... to the cat tongue. For a while, it always freaked me out. It's like sandpaper. It's like a... Well, within days of being admitted to the hospital, Montefil had to have both of his feet amputated. As the damage grew more severe, he had to have both of his legs amputated above his kneecaps. Then he had more surgery to remove a portion of both of his hands and part of his nose. This is horrific. If this happens to me, I'm sending you the bill. I mean, I don't. I won't be able to afford it. <laughs> uh, he's 48 years old. He's been around dogs his whole life. Dr. Sylvia Munoz-Price, no relation to Munoz and Marie, <laughs> an infectious disease specialist, uh, said that Montefiore's case is an extremely rare occurrence and that pet owners need not panic. Quote, more than 99% of the people that have dogs will never have this issue. But 1% seems like a lot, doesn't it? Like 1% of all dog owners this could happen to? Jesus Christ. (sighs) We're not safe from anything anymore. Really? I mean, listen. Even man's best friend can kill you. Exactly. (laughs) By licking you. It's such a sweet thing when dogs lick. 
Well, one thing that wasn't so sweet was a tweet that was put out by Pizza Hut Malaysia. Who knew that Pizza Hut Malaysia had its own Twitter account, right? Um, this is weird. They were uh, attacked or criticized, rather, after um, tweeting something transphobic. There was some Twitter discussion. <laughs> this is such a weird story. There's, there's a, there was a Twitter discussion going on about a facet of Islam called the Aurat, A-U-R-A-T, which refers to a portion of the body usually, usually thought to be around the navel. One Twitter user was making the argument that trans and cis women have the same arat, that every woman, regardless of whether she's trans or cis, has the same navel. And so depending on an interpretation of Islam, they could basically be considered the same. That there's no difference, which is how it should be. Mm -hmm. Pizza Hut Malaysia chimed in to say that trans women could only be cleansed with Zamzam waters which is water from a specific well in Mecca. Zam, Zaddy! <laughs> the comment was meant as an insult to trans women and others were quick to condemn the remark. Then the pizza company quickly deleted it and issued a three-part apology. Part one. We sincerely apologize for our earlier tweet with inappropriate comments regarding sexuality and religion. We want to clarify, Pizza Hut does not condone any such views and as policy, we do not involve ourselves in matter of religion or sexuality. Part two, the tweet was made erroneously by our social media agency. While we understand that human errors do happen, we also take matters of this nature very seriously. We've terminated the services of the agency. Part three, we wish to apologize once again if anyone was offended to get back on track serving our customers as best as we can. First of all, <laughs> Pizza Hut is trash. Trash. The Second worst all, pizza. The only thing Pizza Hut should be tweeting about is pizza. Like, what? I don't even understand why they decided to chime in in the first well, place. Well, because, again, someone who had access to their Twitter account decided, oh, I'm going to use Pizza Hut voice to have a voice instead of having my own voice. Yeah, it was some, it was some employee in Malaysia who yeah. has an axe to grind and is religious and you know, transphobic, and he was like, oh, I'll just wait. I mean, they should... They made three apologies. Three! <laughs> Not many people go through that many yeah. if, if it was them. I'm just making it... I don't like Pizza Hut in general, but I do stand for anyone who tries to make make it right. Yeah, of course. They wrote three apologies. You have to make it separate. I mean, on the other hand, I want to start a new product called Zamzam Water. Yes. That's cunt. That <laughs> sounds delicious. Zamzam. Zamzam Water. It'll make you holy. It'll make you feel holy. It'll clean away all your sins. It'll clean away your hole. Exactly. Uh, oh, Zamzam are uh, the douche. Yeah. <laughs> Zamzam exactly. douche. Zamzam. Clean your hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unisex douche. It could be used by men, women, trans, gay, our, straight, our or cis. Because our product is inclusive. To everyone. Everyone. Get clean, <laughs> Here's a story about Lance Bass. Uh, who is hated by a majority of Derek and Romaine listeners. Really? Yeah, because he sort of took it. Well, well, he took away an hour of their show. Sirius XM gave him his own show, and that made Derek and Romaine shorter. And then ultimately, they, you know, it's a whole... Anything having to do with Sirius XM pisses off Derek and Romaine sure. fans, and with good reason. But Lance Bass feels screwed, <laughs> and not the way he likes to be. Uh, he was bidding on the Brady Bunch house. You know, the Brady Bunch house was up for sale. Right in california and he was basically told that he got it uh 
it was offered for $1.885 million. And on August 3rd, Bass tweeted excitedly, they accepted my offer on the Brady Bunch house last night. This is going to be a fun project. But what happened later was that Element actually went with a different buyer. And Bass tweeted about it, saying he was heartbroken. He says, the next day, due to unforeseen circumstances, quote unquote, the same agent informed us that there was another corporate buyer, a Hollywood studio, who wants to buy at any cost. We were prepared to go even higher, but totally discouraged by the seller's agent. We were told they would outperform any bid with unlimited resources. How is this fair or legal? How can I compete with a billion dollar corporate entity? I truly believe I was used to drive up the price of the home, knowing very well that this corporation intended on making their offer, and it's not a good feeling. I feel used, but most importantly, I'm hurt and saddened by this highly questionable outcome. I just hope the house is not demolished. I mean, I don't know why he would want that house other than... It's kitschy. I mean, yeah, but like we were talking about this, and you were like, if you buy a famous property, famous house... It, it's a tourist trap. I mean, I don't he, think he planned to live there. I think he should have. It should. It should be turned into a Brady Bunch museum. A museum. Totally. But I don't know if he was planning on Oh, we didn't start either this show or last week's show with a song. We Damn. forgot. We were too excited about the opening. Yeah. But yeah, Lance Bass feels used, and um, not the first time. He also dated Riken Lemko. Oh. I think he felt pretty used after Listen, that. Listen, Lance Bass Shade. was Thank one you, of Derek. the first sort of gay men that I didn't at the time know was gay Yeah, that I like identified with. And I was like, oh, I like him for some reason. But the truth is, he's a basic bitch. Very basic. And I don't really care about him. Ryan Frostig weighs in. She's basic. <laughs> and finally, before we talk to our fabulous in-studio guest, it is time for our weekly Pride update. LGBTQ Pride continues. Ryan is doing the Pride dance. JB never dances during the show. He just stares straight ahead. That is not true. When you play, when I play Ask Me No Questions, I do my little head thing. Oh, I've never seen you do it. Yeah. I'll do have it. to watch this time. Okay. Celebrating Pride this coming week is Calgary in Canada. We love our Canadian listeners. So happy Pride to anyone in Calgary. Pride, eh? um, it's Manchester Pride in the UK. Manchester. In Santa Barbara, they have the Pacific Pride Festival. Santa Barbara's beautiful. Mm. In Texas, it's Austin Pride. It's Austin is such a fucking great city. I hope we have listeners in Austin. It's it's the only place one should ever go in Texas. Um, and in San Jose, California, it is Silicon Valley Pride. I didn't know those rich bitches had their own pride. That's a lot of like rich tech guys. Yeah, I feel like that's not Silicon Valley Pride. All right, time for our guest segment, and our guest today is making his triumphant return to the ass uh, after first appearing many months ago. He is an openly gay comedian and actor who has just released a brand new comedy album entitled Confederate Fag. Take a listen. You know, like 5% or 4% of the population are, are redheads. I think 10% are gay, 2% are lesbian. Can you imagine like 3% of the population were possessed by Satan? <laughs> like acclimated within our society like it was normal and they had rights. <laughs> Guys, do you smell that? Is that the copy machine? Or is it, the, is it the microwave in the break room? Would you shut up? That's Debbie in Human Resources, the one who's possessed by Satan. <laughs> Are you guys talking about me again? 
No! Oh my god, no! No way, Debbie! No, I have every right to be here as much as you. <laughs> uh, I totally... I totally don't want to work with her. Have you seen her eyes? And the way she stirs her coffee with her tongue? Please give a warm-ass welcome to Frank Liotti. Hi. Frank, you made it here. I did, yeah. On a day where it was pouring rain and you, you live out in bumfuck Brooklyn. No, no, just one stop, Williamsburg, Trendy McTrendowitz. But the train's down for the whole weekend. It sucks. Yeah. It's really, it's really brutal. Get your face up in that microphone. I don't want to miss mm. a word of you. Mm. Look at get you. Um, You've got a real full beard. I do. I need to fix, I need to get it fixed up. We did a story last week that 50% of all men have fecal matter in their beards. Well, they're all heterosexual. Oh, right? 47%. Was, yeah, pretty close. How? That's men who, they don't wash their hands after they go to the toilet. That's exactly, exactly. it. Heterosexual. Um, you don't think it's from rimming? I have beard shampoo. I mean, the thing is, after rimming, this goes through, like, sterilisis. <laughs> There's a full procedure that happens. Of course. Before, during, and after. Oh, it is. A, it's it's pretty full. I like it. Thank you. You're looking kind of biblical. I don't believe you can even call me on making up a word. Sterilisis. I mean, it sounded it right sounded to me. It sounded real. Yeah. Sterility. Sterilisis. Frank, why call the album Confederate Fag? Because it sounded funny. But it kind of sounds like you're from the South. Yeah, I mean, everybody that I would try it out on, like, I did, as it was like a joke in the beginning. I was like, I'm going to call it Confederate Fag. And people would laugh. And then eventually... I was like, well, everyone laughs when I tell them this title. Why not just call it that? Yeah, it is funny. Because it's just kind of fun. Um, and there's so much like uh, like dreams with my wife, um, walking while sleeping. I just wanted to do something that was a little shaky and a little different. A little edgy. A little bit, you know. How and when did you record the album? I recorded it on April 22nd um, with 800-pound Gorilla Records. It's kind of like, this is a business, it's not called show friends. <laughs> no. This is a business where they, you will be completely lost if you don't self-produce and keep it up all the time doing your own thing. When I Amen. started, I mean, when I started and I finished with these big fancy acting schools, you wanted to get a really good bi-coastal agent and you wanted to start auditioning. All of us did. That was the goal. Now it's like a monkey forcing a frog to give it a blowjob is more likely to get signed with the Gersh Agency yes. who created it because it has 50 trillion hits as opposed to someone who goes to Juilliard yep. and gets trained. And it's like, like I saw the boys in the band the other night, the production, the revival that has gotten mm -hmm. all this heat. And um, what's his name from Big Bang Theory? Jim? Jim, Jim Parsons. Parsons. Jim Parsons gave one of the best performances I think I've ever seen in my life. He has an MFA from the Old Globe. But anybody gay worth their weight in salt knows boys in the band or has seen it the, the film it's kind of part of our you know um culture to a degree love it or hate it and the two leading characters michael and harold if any characters in the history of drama throw barbs at one another it's those two characters and jim parsons was nailing zach kinto and zach kinto kept like letting the ball drop it was like he didn't have it hmm. he didn't have the training to do it and it's like, that's what the business is about. Nobody gave a shit that he didn't have the training to do it. Right, he's like, that He Kinto. came out and did this totally external choice. He seemed like a space alien. <laughs> it was like, it wasn't generated in truth at all, but nobody gives a fuck. 
Right. He's well, you have you now. You have YouTube stars yeah. who have more followers than actual trained performers. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. It's like your social media presence is now a factor in whether or not you're getting jobs. It's the Any factor. Thing. Yeah. It is the factor, and um, I. Need that's why stop. I keep telling people to fucking follow me. Those of you who listen to this show, so you can be a star. You're already getting the show for free. If you don't follow me on Twitter and Instagram, you're doing nothing. On gaymailporn.com. Thank you. Under young old. Under, I'm no, the that's, old. That's the my oldest. shit. <laughs> the oldest Listen, um, I'm no spring chicken either. So I wanted to. Uh, I, I had to do something, you know, and I th- I wasn't really into the idea of doing an album. But is then, this your first? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but then over the course of time, it's kind of like a history of the last nine years. Mm-hmm. I started stand up when I lost my parents. They died three months apart. Mm. And then, a, what is it, six months in, my best friend killed herself. And then a year or two later, my sister died. So This all is exactly that, how Frank's stand-up is, by the way. This is how it started. And all of that writing was from how I was living. I wasn't going to write about, like, um, you know, Carvel cake or frozen ice pops. It was, see, I go right to food. <laughs> but it was, that's how so much of it started. And now that that's kind of, like, slipped away a decent amount, that darkness and whatnot, I'm glad that I have, like, a history of it. But I'm also kind of glad to let it go. I have to say, I mean, you and I don't actually see each other very often. And when Mm -hmm. we do, we usually just hold each other and cry. (laughs) I feel like, based on your social media, that you seem to be in a happier place these days. Am I crazy? No, very much so, yeah. Something has shifted. Yeah, definitely. I would love to say that I found love, but that's not it. It's um, Don't you have a partner? Sort of. It's... uh, <laughs> you have a mysterious par- ah, partner that I've never seen. I got a few friends. Uh, oh no, yeah, I do. Fang, like Phyllis. <laughs> yeah, you've got your own Fang. He's very. It's very. Uh, we have a lot of fun. It's very platonic, mm-hmm. but um, solid, and we really get each other and have fun. So you're lesbian. I total total Lilith Fair, <laughs> women's music festival, hairy armpitted Patty Smith lesbians. <laughs> Total Those are the best selling kind. selling Great. feathers at the festival. <laughs> but what makes you happier these days? Um, honestly, <laughs> I haven't gone to therapy. Yeah. Here's the thing with like all of that tragedy, and I talk about it a bit in stand up, like nobody gets out of this lifetime unscathed. Um, whether you're young or in the middle or old, you're gonna have it rain on you. Like when I was growing up it was my friends who zero converted, their lives were turned upside down. You see old people who lose everybody at once in their age group. And for me, it was having all this loss in a row. And I wanted to heal so badly. I'm sure telling jokes helped. I went to therapy and I still do, and I love going to therapy, but the truth of the matter is the only thing that healed it was time. Yeah. Time, putting the work in as far as going to therapy and whatnot and, and applying it in life as much as possible, but also time Yeah. to heal and to grieve. You know, we were not allowed that. For the most part, I don't think. And time takes away the rawness of the hurt. Like, you still feel the hurt and you feel the loss, but it's not so intense no. that it haunts you every right. day. Right. That's the gift of time for me. Right. Ryan um, yeah. lost his mom when he I was 19. I lost my mom about seven years ago, and I I feel very conflicted about that, that idea that time heals everything because, you know, there are times where it, it does feel a little bit easier, but then there's also that distance. It, it makes me feel like... You know, I ha- sometimes I have a hard time remembering the, the sound of her voice or right. like, you know, it, it, I've always talked about how everything pre loss was a different life. 
and it was like when when my mom passed away it was like a, a reset button and it was like starting from zero that's and like my niece and nephew they were yeah. 19 and 21 yeah. when my sister died so it's yeah. like it's you know it it does help in that you're not feeling that initial shock of like this horrible thing has happened but it also it it's hard to especially when you're young because you didn't have like a ton of time to begin with it feels like it's harder to of understand course, i can only imagine yeah i shot my parents so i was thrilled once i got <laughs> away with it <laughs> also i really want to insert a uh, bernadette peters classic time heals everything time oh. heals i didn't know this would be a musical everything. segment sorry that's so lovely just had bernadette um yeah I, I don't know if time heals i just think time makes it more bearable yeah. for me anyway i mean Absolutely. when i think about the, the really traumatic things that have happened to me right. i feel like i'm able to look at them now intellectually and not um, and not so emotionally yeah you know yeah um but yeah frank i the thing that's changed for me on your social media first of all i feel like you're you're on a oh you're on a specific campaign to get like horny instagram followers lately Really? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like oh, sexy oh. time videos now and, and no. sexy photos of you. Here's the thing. Like, like there, where you show a bare shoulder. Well, there was, here's the <laughs> thing. Like there's a video where I had in like um, rubber, like the rubber ghoul teeth. Mm -hmm. Like I look so, depending on the angle, I can go from a, a nine, maybe a seven to a, to a negative two. Yeah, he's got these fake teeth that look like <laughs> your teeth are all rotted But out. like a picture from the left side looks great. From the right side, it looks kind of like I have Down syndrome, and from the middle, it's just really, I look deformed. <laughs> like, I can look very different in pictures. So for every five, like, joke, funny, drooling things on my Instagram, I'll have to post one where, like, my shirt's open and I'm playing the guitar. Yeah, I think your guitar videos are very sexy, and I didn't know that you were musical and could play the guitar and sing. Yeah, I always keep that tucked away. I don't know why. Take that out. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but nobody wants to see a comic playing the guitar. I disagree. <laughs> and I think you could also incorporate it into your comedy. What do you mean? You know, like those comedians that come on stage with a guitar and they tell a few jokes and then they sing a funny song and play yeah. the guitar. I've always been jealous of that because I can't play any instrument. Mm -hmm. I think it's such like another element to your to your act. I've always left the room. <laughs> you hate when that happens. Of course. <laughs> you know, it's enough of a gimmick comedy. You know, right. it's enough... You know, I want to see who somebody is, and if you know they don't need a guitar in front of them to block that pathway. I want to see vulnerability. There's already enough of pedestrian comedians holding onto the microphone stand like they're doing you a favor. <laughs> you know, talking about their girlfriend and the remote control and my wife and oh, you know, just fucking move the microphone stand and show us who you are, for God's sake. What do you think's happening in comedy right now? Where's comedy going? Diversity. Yeah. I think that people are being pushed ahead before they're ready because of their type very often. I think that when I started comedy, you had to put 10 years in and develop a voice. And every comic worth their weight and salt would tell you, it takes time. You have to develop a voice. It takes time. Now it's about what type they need. Now it's like nobody is going to tell me that I'm not going to mention a name, but nobody's going to tell me that. Please mention a name. That little girl who got SNL a few years ago is going to make Melissa me. Melissa Senor. No. She's horrific Sashir. no one's gonna make oh Sashir's no a maiden. one is gonna tell me that that is knee slapping funny like Sashir didn't bother me as much as melissa melissa via senor does great impressions mm -hmm. period that uh, is her only talent right when i watch her on that show it is painful not because she's she's bad but because she doesn't even seem to be trying there's right. no effort she just reads the cue cards right. yeah. 
It's crazy. And I'm like, you're on fucking Saturday Night Live. Like, Wake up. I remember, like, you know, they were finally going to try and diversify that cast. And I remember, you know, reading that Leslie Jones at first initially lost it hmm. to Sashir. And I tell you what, like, and, and then it all changed and went up. But I saw Leslie Jones perform at Comedy Cellar last Saturday. It's like being in the presence of someone who said they saw Janis Joplin perform and it was inexplicable. She is a force of nature to be reckoned with. Hmm. It was to think that someone like that wasn't like the unquestionable first choice. Well, but, but look at SNL's history. She's older than any cast member ever right, was. Right. And she doesn't look anything like the women that they would that's have on. Point. Not only being black, but also being six feet it's tall. Not about and being, being, you it's know. not about being funny. That's my point. Right. But like initially you look at the first three. Like Lorraine Newman had a, a big hook nose. Nobody talks about what John Belushi looked like. Of course not. It's so mm. crazy. But most you know, of the women on that show have been like thin and pretty. The best I one mean. was Gilda, and she's not exactly what I would call cosmetic. At the time, though, they thought she was like beautiful. Like that was a real seventies beauty. Was Gilda Radner? Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. All I was, the guys wanted I was Gilda. Obsessed Radner. with Gilda. I, I have her autograph. I wrote to her when I was little. Me too. I loved her. And, I loved uh, her so much. There's that new um, film. Love Gilbert. Yes, that's yeah, coming yeah, yeah. Frank, we haven't really talked about this on the show because I have feelings about it that I think are probably not popular. But how, how did you feel about Hannah Gatsby's Netflix special? Okay, as an LGBT, LGBTQIA comic, <laughs> I've seen hundreds of le women, lesbian comedians who were brilliant. Not hundreds, but a lot, a handful. Dozens. A good, a dozen, but a good amount, and I feel like I've seen it before. She just got a break. In other words, I, there are so many brilliant women. Oh God, Vicky Shaw, or like there were so many brilliant lesbian identifying comedians who were brilliant. Suzanne Westenhofer. I mean, Kate I just Clinton. didn't think that this was much different. You know, I thought that she just got a big break. Well, certainly it was different because of what she did in the middle of the special mm -hmm. when it went from being comedy right. to tragedy. Right. Uh, have you seen it, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Here's my feeling about it. And, I, and I, this is like why I feel like I, don't, I, I can't criticize the show Pose right. or everyone will but that's attack the aspect. me. Can I just tell you something like the way that the show changes and whatnot? That's the aspect that I love. Like, I love being to take this form and making it whatever you want. Because if it stays pedestrian and stays flat, then I think it's forever to be ruled by those flannel shirt wearing straight guys who talk about like their wife. And, I agree. And, no, I'm all know. for pushing the boundaries right. and changing the form. I think the form has to always be reinvented or right. it just becomes stale. But just like I don't love Pose, mm -hmm. and in fact I don't watch it because I watched the first two episodes and I you found it, it unwatchable, mm -hmm. I want it to succeed. I love that it's about trans people and it has trans actors and trans actors of color especially, but it's just not a good show. I don't care what anyone says. You're not going to convince like me I do. You do? They can't, most of the cast can't speak. They can't. I mean, that's not you. No one is going to hand me a fucking violin and say, here, go play at Lincoln Center. I went to fucking Yale Drama School in SUNY Purchase. I paid my dues and got my training in. So now they just hand somebody who's the right type of script and say, oh, that's fine. The acting on that show is so bad. It's terrible. For the most part. And the writing is the writing. bad. But I have to say, like, one of the leads... From Britain, the the biggest house mother of them all. Um, the one who's like the villainous yes. of the piece? Electra. 
Electra. I can't take my eyes off of her. So there's something to be said for presence. She's gorgeous, I, but, she's but she also, can't act. She cannot act, but I just, I love her. I so, can't explain it, but I love that the show is nostalgic in late 80s New York City. There's me some, too, but it, does it feel that way to you? It feels like a, a, a modern theme well, park. When they play like SOS band, Just Be Good to Me, I'm like, oh yeah, like it clicks me in to that mm. kind of... That said, like, then the Ryan Murphy, who's that kid he always casts, that, that boy that the gorgeous one is going out with? He was in American Horror Story. Um, Darren Chris. Yes, he looks like, is that his name? The white kid who is the businessman? The one that was, oh, on Pose? Yes, yeah, and he was in American Horror Story. He looks like a little kid wearing his dad's suit. Like, he's just not, he's 26 years old. He doesn't, he's not right. I, I look at casting, I'm stuck, you know? Yeah. Well, so the point I was trying to make about mm-hmm. Hannah Gadsby, and if, and if listeners, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's definitely worth watching. Um, she is a, a, a out lesbian who's been performing for years in Australia, and her act was always very much, you know, self-deprecating. Look at me. I'm fat. I'm unattractive. I'm a lesbian. You know, I don't fit in anywhere. And she did this Netflix special uh, of one of her live shows in which she basically says I'm, uh, the first half is kind of like her, her normal comedy show. And then she says, but I'm quitting comedy. I'm giving this up because I can't do this anymore. Uh, when you are self-deprecating, when you already are living on the margins of society and you, and you self-deprecate, that's not humility. It's humiliation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to humiliate myself anymore. And she talks about sort of how jokes work, that you have a, um, the setup is the tension and the punchline is the release. And then she starts, it, it turns into a very serious screed about being raped being molested being physically attacked and she says and i'm not going to release the tension this time there's no punchline here she goes you carry that tension that's yours and she points to the audience and it's really it's powerful and she's you know gotten incredible um notice and acclaim for doing this and my feeling is it's fabulous political theater it's, it is as uh, an activist. I, I think she's amazing, and and it's probably done more good than than any other thing that came out in the past right. year. But as comedy, it's terrible, and even the first half to me is terrible. terrible. It doesn't. None of it makes me laugh. Right. I don't find her funny. Right. I don't think she's a good comedian. And because I wasn't laughing during the first half, the second half doesn't feel yeah. earned to me. Mm-hmm. It feels like this should have just been a TED talk. Right. It should have just been a really powerful TED talk about what it's like to be uh, to live in the margins and to be a, a, an out lesbian woman and have these horrible experiences of of, of male uh, power exerted over you and homophobia and sexism and all that. That that alone is enough. But don't tell me that this is like this incredibly funny stand up show that suddenly becomes serious. It was never funny. Right. right? Don't you feel that way? I do. I do. I'll probably get attacked for saying it. I'm going to get attacked. But I do. I do. I've, I feel like that, that kind of stand-up, I've, you know, I, I'm, I just recommended a friend of mine for a job who reminds me of that kind of stand-up, but better. You know what I mean? And the thing is, if you don't want to carry that, then don't be a stand-up or change it so that your stand-up is empowering to yourself. You don't have to attack yourself. You don't well, but she's no saying is, she didn't know she didn't have any better way. That was how she learned to cope, and uh, I understand that. Right. I mean, I think you know a fat comedian who gets on stage and talks about how fat they are, they're they're basically trying to turn their pain 
into into something so now that she fun and joyous is she still quitting well now she says she's not going to quit the, oh, yeah. the response that's why i just can't I, <laughs> that's, that's why i can't saying. like jump on a bandwagon for somebody like that she, yeah, i'm not going to quit i changed my mind because i got a nice car and a mansion in beverly hills i want to buy another one how much time do we have left jb Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. We got to do this quickly. All right. It's time to play Ask Me No Questions. We're basically going to have one question. Ask me no questions. Describe your worst sexual experience ever. Me? Yes. Oh, oh, the, oh my God. The worst? How far back do I have to go? <laughs> you have 10 oh, seconds. Oh, God. Uh, uh, waking up with a dull pain in my lower back when I was 18 and sitting up and realizing that his teeth were under my back, under my spine. Oh, my God. You, his false teeth. His false teeth. Frankly, Adi, how can we follow you on social media? <laughs> I'm Frankaholic on Instagram. F-R-A-N-K-A-H-O-L-I-C. Sometimes shirtless and playing music. Not really shirtless. Just like, you know, nipple. Your album is called Confederate Fag. It I want to thank you for being here. Ryan Frostig, thank you. Thank Next you. Saturday at 11 a.m., it is our Best of Ass Summer Special with tons of new material. Tons of new material, plus some of our favorite celebrity interviews. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Sank and have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.